it's gone all quiet. Is something going to happen? <laughs> ah, lovely to see you all. Uh, really, really delighted to see those of you that are here. Uh, I, I'm aware that there are a number of you that are joining us online. Warm, wel warm welcome to you too. Uh, we begin uh, by hearing some words from the New Testament. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. So we'll stand and sing together. If you're able, please stand, but we will sing together. Uh, Father, we love you. Please stand if you can. This is a great song to start with, isn't it? <laughs> Father, we love you, we worship and adore you. Glorify your name in all the earth. Glorify your name. Glorify your Holy Spirit, glorify your name, lift your name up. You are worthy of all of our praise, all of our adoration. You are worthy of all that we are and all that we have. There is no God like you. Others may want to claim worship that rightfully belongs to you. But when we measure them against you, we can see there's nothing there whether that's other gods, other philosophies, material possessions, 
other relationships, nothing measures up to you and nothing is worthy like you are. So we're glad to come and sing our songs of praise and worship. We're glad to come and offer our lives for you and to you. We pray that you will take all that we are and that you will find a use for us. We make ourselves available to you. We're sorry for those things, Lord, that we've said and done and thought that have been wrong in the past few days. Those things have not brought glory to your name. We don't want to be like that. We don't want to be trapped and stuck with those things. So we freely offer them up to you. We confess them to you. And we ask you to take them from us. Pick us up. Dust us off. Set us on our way once again with you. We thank you that you're a God who not only hears our prayers, but you're a God who answers. So thank you for being among us, for being attentive to what we are saying to you, for hearing and for answering. Draw near to us, we pray, in that glorious name of Jesus. Amen. We're going to hear from God's Word. The reading today comes from Luke chapter 15, verses 11. To the end, 31. The parable of the lost son. Jesus continued, There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had and set off for a distant country and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country, who sent him to his fields to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will sit out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him what was going on. Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. 
You never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, the father said, you are always with me and everything I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. <clears throat> Thank you. We will sing together once again. If you're able, please stand and we'll sing The King of Love is My Delight. Now we all know this, don't we? <laughs> the King, King of, of Love is My Delight his eyes are fire, his face is light, the first and last, the living one, his name is Jesus. From his mouth there comes a sound, shakes the earth and splits the ground, and yet this voice is life to me, the voice of Jesus. And I shall sing my songs of honor. Falling out across the earth, the King has come, the King of love has come. And trouble, trouble minds can know his peace, captive hearts can be released. The King has come, the King of love has come. Sweet as wine, I am his prize, and he is mine. How can a sinner know such joy because of Jesus? Wounds and love are in his hands, the price is paid for sinful man. Accepted child, forgiven son, because of Jesus. And I will sing my songs of love, calling out across the earth. The King has come, the King of love has come. And troubled minds can know his peace, captive hearts can be released. The King has come, the King of love has come. And I will sing my songs of love, calling out across the earth. The King has come, the King of love has come. And troubled minds can no release, captive hearts can be released. The King has come, the King of love has come. Once again, Lord, we've come to say thank you in this most practical of ways. Please take all that we have and all that we are and use even us to further your kingdom. Amen. Amen. Now, if you're involved with Virginia Church, it's time for you to take your leave. The Lord be with you. Amen. So we come to our prayers of intercession, friends. Let us pray. And as we think about the world, Lord, there is only one thing that is uppermost in our thinking, and it's the same as it was last week. We think about Ukraine. We think about the people that live there that are suffering under bombardment. We wonder quite how long this will have to go on. Our hearts go out to those folk. 
particularly to those who are in Mariupol. Their city has been occupied. There was an agreement that a humanitarian corridor could be open, should be open. And that lasted all of 30 minutes. And then the shelling began again. One wonders quite how this will all end. We pray for those who are seeking to leave their land. For those who are now refugees. Two weeks ago they had houses and they had lives. They had jobs. They had a life. And now it's all gone. Because somebody has decided they want their land. The injustice of it strikes us very forcibly. We pray for the neighbouring countries who are receiving these refugees, especially Poland, Hungary, Slovakia and the Czech Republic. We thank you that there is warmth and compassion in those neighbours. We thank you for the way in which they are receiving those folk coming from Ukraine, some moving on, to Germany and beyond. And again, we have been so warmly encouraged by the way in which many German families have opened their doors and their homes to those that have lost everything. We pray, Lord, that these acts of generosity would not go unnoticed by you and unrewarded. We pray that those around President Putin would take their courage in both hands and those that know that this is not right and that he's made a mistake will be bold and courageous and will say so. We know it's very hard for people in Russia to speak the truth. Very hard for them to criticise. Very hard for them to ask questions even of their leadership right now. But we pray that many will be asking questions of one another at the very least. Why is this happening? What is this supposed to achieve? And for us, Lord, as we watch and pray, help us to think about the practical things that we might do We're thankful that there are many charities in our land that are focused very specifically on Ukraine right now and wanting to help. And maybe that's something that we can do too. Maybe we can put some money into one of these charities and maybe that will help in some way. God help us. Help us to be open-hearted, open-handed. Help us to be generous in our response to any appeals that might be made. We pray for our brothers and sisters in Christ across Ukraine and those neighbouring countries that we've mentioned. Many of our Baptist friends are working to provide succour, aid posts, food, shelter, clothing... We pray that their witness will be noticed. We pray that the faith of those who know you and love you will be strengthened, whether they are helping or whether they are fleeing. Pray for all of our sisters and brothers in Christ. May they know your comfort and your solace in these days. We think about our friends. We think about all those who are unwell right now, for those who are sick in mind, body or spirit. We know, Lord, that there are quite a few of our folk who have contracted COVID in the past few days, and this is a surprise because we're all being careful still. 
We know that there are others who wrestle with cancer. Lord, as we picture our friends in our mind's eye, we lift them up before your throne of grace. We see you, Jesus, coming to them with healing and comfort. We see you greet them and hold them in your arms. We pray, Father God, that they might find a measure of comfort and relief in your being present with them. We thank you, Father, that we've had this opportunity to pray for the world and to pray for our friends. And we gather up all of our prayers as we say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So we'll sing together once again. If you're able, please stand as we sing Good, Good Father. Still, I 
And do sit down. So we begin our series, uh, new series today, uh, thinking around uh, Jesus during this season of Lent. Uh, <clears throat> and I'm thinking about Jesus' man of stories today. I'm taking uh, Brother Amon's uh, lead in all of this. Uh, so I'm using themes uh, that's in his book. Uh, but I'm not referring to his book today. I'm going to refer to another book. Uh, this book, uh, a book called The Return of the Prodigal Son, A Story of Homecoming uh, by Henri Nouon. Uh, it is a, an excellent book. It's a very easy read. Uh, and he finds himself identifying uh, with each of the characters in the story that Jesus tells uh, as the book unfolds. What you've got there on the screen now is a picture uh, of the homecoming of the prodigal. It's painted by Rembrandt. Uh, and he's taken one or two liberties with the story uh, because he's not showing the father racing towards the son uh, as Jesus tells the story. He's showing the father is quite an old man, really, with the son on his knees, uh, in front of him, face buried in father's chest, uh, the hands of the father protectively around his boy. And the, the chapters on the father in Henri Nuon's book are really, really beautiful. Uh, and like Nuon, I found myself over the time of my life identifying with different characters in the story. Uh, as I've got older. Uh, certainly as a young man, uh, I have wanted very much to, well, not wanted, I have absolutely been in the shoes of the younger son. I have been that wayward child who has, you know, taken everything that uh, God has given me and used it and squandered it and whatever. Uh, and I've, you know, I've been that child that has had to come back to Father saying, I am so sorry for what I've done. I am so sorry for the way in which I've thrown everything away uh, on stupidity. And I realize, you know, I should be with you. I should be home. Uh, I should be in your hands, your arms, and I should be available to you for you to use in whatever way you see fit. Interestingly, as I've been a minister, I've found myself occasionally in the shoes of the elder brother. And you're thinking to yourself, how on earth could that happen? Well, it's very easy, actually. Especially when you're a minister in a church, uh, a smallish church, not this church, different church, long time ago, when you know, you're doing everything you know God has called you to do, uh, and uh, it's not quite happening. So uh, you invite a guest speaker to come, and you don't brief them on anything apart from to say to them, all I want you to do is just come and bring to us whatever you believe God wants us to know. So the guest preacher comes and says exactly what you have been saying for the past several weeks. And as you are standing, you know, chatting with folk at the end of the service, they all are saying to you, that's the sort of thing we need to hear, Kevin. 
That sort of thing. What? <laughs> Very elder brotherish. This flipping man's come in and done everything that I'm doing. <laughs> so, yeah, I have been in the older brother's shoes. I have indeed. And then I find myself at my great age <laughs> now, identify a little more with Father. I love stories. You know that. I've told you that before. I love stories. Uh, This story that Jesus tells is so rich, so full, it's so deep, and it's beautiful in its simplicity. Uh, And I love where Luke puts this. It's in a chapter, chapter 15, which contains three stories of lost things. Uh, A lost sheep, a lost coin, and a lost child. And if Jesus told all three of these stories, one after the other, you know, those that were listening, you know, when that first story was told, they'd have been thinking, yeah, absolutely. Of course you would go out and find a sheep that was lost. I mean, it makes good sense. It's, it's money, it's finance. It, you know, if you're a farmer, you, you need all of your flock it makes absolute sense that you would go out and find the sheep that was lost. And those women that were listening, you know, when the woman has lost a coin, they would be saying, well, of course. Of course you would turn the house upside down to find this lost coin. It makes good sense. It makes absolute sense. But when this third story was told, the story of the lost child... I think there would have been a very different response. This youngest child is, well, he's dreadful. And actually, the father is not normal in this story. You need to think about a Middle Eastern culture where fathers are revered where fathers are respected and where the father in the household, well, his word is law. So whatever he says goes. This child, well, you can't, I mean, it's very hard to catch hold of the shock value of what he says. And it, it took me ages to realise what was going on with this story. Um, I did a retreat once, uh, and my uh, spiritual director gave me this story. Um, it was over a period of a week, this retreat, and it was a retreat in daily life. So I would go and see my spiritual director. She would give me some scripture. I would take it home. Uh, I would sit with that scripture, read it, think about it, pray. And then the next day I would go back, and we would have a period where I talked about the reflections that I had had, etc., etc., uh, and she, she gave me this story, and I was absolutely shocked. I sat with this story, and nothing was happening. It was, you know, just silence. I would sit quietly with God with this word, nothing. Uh, I went away, made a cup of tea, came back, quiet, sit, still yourself, start reading the word, Nothing. One last time. One last time, Lord, and then I'm giving up with this. So I sat down and I started to read. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. Oh, I've got two sons. And then I heard the voice of my youngest son say to me, Dad, I wish you were dead. absolutely staggering dad I wish you were dead that's what this younger son is saying to his father you can't inherit anything until the person you're going to inherit from has died dad I wish you were dead 
It's utterly shocking that this child should say that. And what is worse, the father does not slap him and say, you stupid child, no. He actually just does it. He behaves as though he were dead to this child and gives him what he asked for. It's astonishing. And then the boy, of course, in the story, gathers up all of the bits and pieces and goes off and squanders his money in wild living. Don't get any detail notice. You just get that phrase, wild living. Later in the story, when the stupid child realizes what he's done and realizes that even the servants, the slaves in his father's household are doing better than he is, well, I'm going to go back. I'm going to make my confession to father. I'm going to say, Dad, I'm sorry. Um, That was really the wrong thing to do, and I don't deserve to be your child anymore. I'll just be a servant. I'll just be a slave in your household. Please, can I come back? And then he starts to make his way. And as Jesus is telling the story, while he was still a long way off, the father sees him. You have this sense, don't you, of father sort of going up to the top of the house, going up onto the roof and watching the road. Is my boy coming back? Is he coming home today? Every day, going and looking and watching and hoping and nothing And then one day, yes, there he is. And down he comes off the roof and runs towards this errant child and gathers him up in his arms. And the speech, you know, is on the lips of the boy. Father, I'm really sorry I was stupid. I shouldn't have done this. Whoa, stop. Find a robe. Find sandals. Find a ring. Kill the fatted calf. My son is alive. So the the compassion of the the hope of the father, firstly, uh, watching and waiting every day. Then the compassion of the father when he sees this child coming back. The forgiveness, the restoration, clothing, sandals, a ring, a party. The generosity of the father is amazing, isn't it? In the first instance, in allowing the boy to take everything and go, and then when he comes back with nothing, offering him yet more. There's an immense generosity about God, I find. And that has been my experience down through the years that I've been a Christian. It's why I want to be as generous as I can be towards others. Because I think it mirrors the way that God deals with each one of us. So there's hope and there's compassion here. There's also an inclusiveness about this father. Uh, The party is commencing the party is beginning and they're sorting themselves out and beginning to enjoy themselves. And the older son approaches and sees and hears what is going on uh, and says, what is this all about? Uh, Your brother has come home and dad's throwing a party. So the oldest son, he's beside himself with anger beside himself oh dearie me and he will not go in he will not go in and he will not join in the celebration he will stay outside he will choose to remain outside The older brother became angry, refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. Look at that. 
So he's, he's been on the rooftop looking for the youngest boy. And when he sees the youngest boy come in, races towards him, gathers him, gathers him up in his arms, brings him home and celebrates. When the oldest son will not come in, what does he do? He goes out again. Goes out and pleads with this older child. All these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. Look at the words. All these years I've slaved for you. I wonder, what does it feel like to have been working for God the Father in the church for so many years and then to see others gaining fame and notoriety and, well, seemingly everything that you have wanted? Not easy, friends, I'll tell you now. (laughs) But God the Father comes out still When this son of yours, look at the distance he's putting between himself and his brother. When this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes comes home, how does he know that? Nobody knows how he wasted his money. But he did waste it, that's for sure. When this son of yours, nothing to do with me. And what does father say? My son, you're always with me. Everything I have is yours. Young kid goat, yes, as many as you want. The whole flock, it's all yours. We had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours, there will be no distance. This brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. The language is telling in the story. This son of yours, this brother of yours, nothing to do with me, everything to do with you. The language is absolutely telling. And again, one sees the generosity of God in all of this. So there's the hope of the Father, the compassion of the Father the inclusiveness of the Father. No one will be left out. We're all going to be included, whether we want to be or not. We will all be included. And there's the joy, the joy of the Father, that this child has come home. And, of course, it's the same in the other two stories as well, isn't it? When the lost thing is found, there's great joy, great rejoicing, in heaven. One might also, one might almost say there is a sort of naivety about God in that he expects everyone to be thrilled like he is thrilled at the return of those wayward daughters and sons. We all measure ourselves, sadly. We all measure ourselves against one another. Am I as successful as him? Ministers do it all the time, you know. Terrible thing, but, it, but we do. Vividly remember the first minister's meeting I went to as an ordained pastor in a local Baptist church. Uh, warmly greeted by a fellow pastor. You're new. Yes, I am. Oh, and uh, which church are you looking after? So I told him. Ooh. It's a little church, isn't it? Yes, it is. So I was down there. Let me introduce you to the minister of St. Andrew's Baptist Church in Cambridge. That's the big church. It's not my church, but I know the minister of the big church. So you're down there. I'm sort of in the middle, and he's up there. Oh, thank you very much. What nonsense. And to his great credit the minister of the big Baptist church treated me like a long-lost brother because <laughs> he knew very well what this other fellow was doing. But we do it all the time. We measure ourselves against one another. Wrong. It's not about that. 
we're measured against the holiness, the purity, the majesty of God. And we're always found wanting. But it is the great delight and joy of the Father to welcome us in, to draw us in to himself. He wants us to be with him. It's why Jesus comes. It's why Jesus dies on a cross. It's why Jesus rises again from the dead. So that we might find a pathway into that relationship with God as Father. You are welcome. You are welcome into that great banquet, that great party uh, that God is throwing for every human being who will begin that journey back towards him. Maybe reluctantly, maybe fearfully, maybe not sure whether you'll be welcome or not, but I tell you, friends, you will be welcome. You are welcome. God looks for you. God longs for you. And when you begin that journey back, halting though it may be, he'll come and run towards you and he'll gather you up and he will say, robe, ring, sandals, party. I love this story. It's a great story. It's a true story. It's your story and my story, our story together. Amen? Amen. Let me pray for you. Father, our Father, we're so glad to know that you are faithful, that you love us, and that you want the very best for us. We've already said that we've been wayward. We've already confessed our sin and sought forgiveness earlier in the service. We're thankful, Lord, for every opportunity to begin again with you. Help us always to keep this story in mind. Help us always to keep this at the forefront of our thinking. Whenever we think about you, what is God like? Will God receive me? Is there a chance for me? Yes. And yes. And yes again. Draw near to us, Lord, we pray. And help us take whatever steps are necessary to find our way home to you. Amen. We'll sing together once again. If you're able, please stand. This is a, a song that I'm, you should be familiar, well, aware of. We've sung it two or three times now. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> this was something I introduced to you some, some months ago. Um, lovely Graham Kendrick song. Beautiful words which just catch hold of what we've been saying in the sermon uh, and uh, in, the, in the passage that we read. So if you're able, please stand and we'll sing together. This is a version that I found. <laughs> Just put it out there, you know. <clears throat> you have loved me with such perfect love. Oh, it's different. <laughs>
it's a different song. Yeah. It's good song, <laughs> We'll join it. You now clothe me with your righteousness. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And even in my darkest days, will guide my way. Hallelujah to the King of grace. Father me, Jesus Christ go with you wherever he may send you. May he guide you through the wilderness and protect you through the storm. May he bring you home rejoicing at the wonders he has shown. May he bring you home rejoicing once again into our doors. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. God is not without a sense of humour, is he? <laughs> Such perfect love.